0: Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. Hello, everybody. It is
1: Friday. It is 1 p.m. on the West Coast. can only mean one thing. It is the Veteran Founder Podcast right here on the Startup Radio Network. I'm your host, Josh Carter. Carmen is out this week. We hope she feels better. Hopefully we'll see her soon. Uh, If you are unfamiliar with the show, welcome. If this is the first time you've ever heard us. Uh, we are so excited that you're here. Every week, we bring in these remarkable founders who just happen to have some extra thing, on, remarkable thing on their resume, which includes service to the U.S. military, uh, all branches. Uh, I, I can't wait until we get our first, like, Space Force veteran on our on our program. But this week, I'm really excited because we have a returning guest, Lito Villanueva from Battle Buddy. Lito, welcome back, man.
2: Hey, thanks, Josh. How are you?
1: Uh, you know. Uh, as good as can be, you know, we just got through Memorial Day, uh, which is always uh, a really, it's its a nice way to usher in the summer, but it's also mm-hmm. a great time to reflect uh, about yeah. those that didn't return home. And, and it's very uh, relevant to what we're talking about this week, which is Battle Buddy, which has a, a tremendous amount of focus on mental health. And I want to get to that, but I want to talk a little bit about what got you to this point. So for those that have never heard the Lido story, let break it down a little bit and, and talk a little bit about your military experience.
2: Sure. Uh, I also want to note that as much as I can uh, try to eliminate the background, noise, there's jets flying around. I live right next to an air force base here in Las Vegas. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's good, a little man. bit out of my control, but yeah, all uh, good. I, I'll say, you know, starting from the beginning, my, my family and I immigrated from the Philippines and I'm a product of public school education, uh, a three time college dropout, um, not by choice, but based on circumstances dropped out to join the military. Um, uh, and I did the air force for a little bit, uh, turns out, um, I was a little bit too disruptive. And I think for at least a couple of different entrepreneurs, they can probably agree that, uh, listening to a higher authority doesn't always like fit the mold. So, uh, Long story short, after the Air Force, I became a defense contractor with Army Signal Command. uh, Had a year deployment in 2012 to Afghanistan. Did another deployment in 2014, uh, during the time in which uh, uh, Special Operations scouted me. Became a network engineer for them for a number of years. And after that, uh, really decided to try again to to set out on my own and in, in my own venture i had uh, run a consultancy out of my dorm room while i was going to college but didn't really know anything about business and when i came back i wanted to start up a, a new venture but it really, it really didn't have a focus i was just like consulting for it and i'm pretty good at that um but it all coalesced around the concept of uh, suicide prevention, and that's how Battle Buddy got started. Is suicide prevention technology was well, I'll say suicide prevention was a huge passion of mine. You know, uh, uh, myself going through the pains of suicidal ideation, of post traumatic stress, and bouts um, of depression for many number of years. And I think we joked last time, almost two years ago now, that it was like. Wait, so you're trying to do this whole prevention of, you know, depression or uh, mental resiliency training and, and r- reminding people how to, you know, s- stay strong when you're trying to run this startup, which is incredibly emotionally volatile. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it, it did kind of suck. But, you know, <laughs> it was it was a, a better option than killing myself. So <laughs> we just, right, just so. have to keep going. You know, it was, it was yeah. more like we can't. uh I couldn't give up because if I did then I'd be letting other people down, and that'd be just, that'd just be way too selfish. So yeah, um, that was my why.
1: What, what, uh, what was it about your service that led you to this, to, to this path? Cause I mean, we, we've all, I, I was in the Navy and, and I mm-hmm. saw some really horrific things, went through some really horrific things, uh, but nothing like, uh, the folks that are going in Afghanistan or Iraq have ever seen, and, yeah. and I'm, I've am i dealt with these, these things in the past and it's because of those things that you see. And part of it is, is, um, at least for me, it's, you want that to go away, that pain to go away. You want that mm-hmm. anger, that guilt, all these things that sort of, uh, you know, aggregate into one big, big, overwhelming emotion. What is, yeah. what is that for you when you, when you were going through the military, what was some of that 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 built that up for you?
2: Oh, that's a hard question. Um, So, and
1: and and it's fine if we don't want to go down this path because I don't no, want it, you to I'm, the... I'm
2: very I'm very open about it because I talk about it, it. It's it's one of those like you forget sometimes. Like, yeah, because 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 it's like a period in your life which sucks and you're like, all right, cool, I'm over it, and then. I'm not saying like we're opening uh, old wounds or anything. It's just like, oh, okay, let me, let me remember why, like the, the yeah. reasons why I basically hated myself. So, okay, um, the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, you know, the things that you were, you know, the, the unspeakables of, of being at war and knowing that it is your mission. It is your job. It is your duty to do those things. And, uh, you know, you, sometimes you, you you kind of forget because you're in this like huge bureaucracy or you're way 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 down the line somewhere as a cog inside the DOD with you know 400,000 other people in uniform with you. you you kind of forget like what their overall mission is until you like go to the edge like when you go to that tactical edge when you go to the tip of the spear when you're out there like you know uh left wing right wing with the strike team and you see their day to day and you're like oh shit this is pretty real mm-hmm. and for me it was it was less it was it, a part of it was like okay i'm, I'm doing some stuff here that is going to take a lot of time for me to try to figure out where where i'm doing good or i'm doing bad and like trying to figure out my own moral compass but then i was also looking at the people who were you know actually going out and like thinking what they're doing because they're you know these are husbands wives fathers um brothers sisters daughters and you're just like damn this sucks and and what really got to me was less even like the immediacy of um, the people around me but was like my leadership because i had i I will say one thing that um the thing that i didn't get while i was active duty versus while i was already like a civilian defense contractor was when, when i found myself in like the special operations domain it was like damn these are like really Like high speed people, everybody's shit hot. Everybody's got their their shit together. It it was great, and and I just remember thinking like, damn, I wish, I wish I had a boss like this, like in the rest of my life, you know, like or I I would try to emulate what being a leader was like with them. And I remember thinking like, damn, what, like how much weight do they carry with the decisions that they made? And and that was what really got me. Was like. Mm. What's going on in their heads and, and how do they, if, if I'm up all night right now, like going through my own personal struggles, like how do they cope with that type of stuff? Mm-hmm. So that really got into my head for, for a long time. Um, yeah.
1: And I think part of it, too, is if we, I don't know how old you were when I went in the mil when you went in the military. But when I was uh, in the military, I had just turned 18. And, yeah, same. Uh, you know, it's it's you're so young. You're still still trying to develop who it is that you're supposed to be as a, as a person is probably the first time you're living outside of your family's home, first time you're outside of the, of the U S and you're thrust into this like really intense situation that you just don't understand contextually what it means. And so it's really difficult to process. And then when you come home, it's not like you could just shut that stuff off.
2: Right? No, you, you, you're
1: thrust in this traumatic thing. You come home and everybody's doing exactly what they did when you left, but you've yeah. just gone through something insane. How how they, can they, they possibly don't. relate?
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So 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 the, the, the it's it's almost like this beauty of of being uh, a human being. And and we can get into like neurogenesis and neuroplasticity, but human beings are so quick to adapt to the environment and to external stimuli. So. You know, by the by, week two of being deployed somewhere, you're like good to go. You're like, cool. You know, just got to get into the bunker because there's going to be another, you know, IDF or uh, indirect mm-hmm. fire or mortar attack or whatever. Like, oh, cool. You know, the the ram went off finally. You know, it works. Uh, the counter rocket, air uh, artillery, and mortar. Like, oh, it works. You know, you know, you kind of have that gallows humor, that that dark humor keep you going too. It's just you know, another yeah. day in paradise. Um, but you. <laughs> I'd say I remember like um, I, I'd be I'd, I'd just be turning twenty one when I do my first deployment uh, with Army Signal, and I remember thinking like, damn, I'm pretty young. Like especially as a contractor, like I'm pretty young coming out here. And then it must have been like April or May. Like I I, I was uh, I was there from January till December. It must have been like mid-April or mid-May when the units were rotating out or ripping out to replace, and uh you know you, i i walked into the base defense operations center one time at uh, the BDOC, and i was like there to fix a printer or something dumb you know just it was just an excuse to walk around the base and, and i get there and like there were literally like kids and i and it's weird me saying it the okay, kids i'm talking like 18 like fresh out of ait like first deployment wide eyes open like holy what the hell are you <laughs> and like they had literally um it was almost like a mind sweeper um like a metal detector but like a militarized metal detector but they were like yeah stay in your lane stay in your on, like sweep this minefield you know potential minefield just so that you don't get you know walk slowly sweep like it was and i just remember looking at this kid's like wide eyes like what the fuck did i sign up for <laughs> <laughs> you know? it was just like yeah. it was kind of like it was morbidly funny because i was like oh, he'll be all right it was just like yeah the initial shock and awe of like, Oh crap. Like this is real. Like people are still actually doing this. And you're like, yeah, man, like it's on the other side of the world, but it's happening.
1: And that's the part of it, right? It's, you feel like you're, you're, you're on a different planet. There are different cultural norms. There are different, the way people interact, the way they interface with each other, you have to adapt. And that's part of the challenge of the military too, is that, um, you just, you're, you, you're, you have to adapt like you you just mentioned, but you're, mm-hmm. you, you're in these environments that are, you're just like, I, I don't know about you, but I came from the Bay area and, um, I had never seen a place so flat, right. I had never seen mm-hmm. a place so consistently hot and dry and how, how do people live here? Yeah. It was my first thought. Like, I just don't understand how people live here um And it was just so, it was, but to be fair, it was the same reaction I had when I went to boot camp in Illinois and it was flat. Mm. But the other side, it was like minus 60 degrees. Same yeah. thought, right? How do people live here? Oh, uh, God. But yeah. <laughs>
2: when I went to Lackland for, yeah. for Basic Trade, I was like, man, this place sucks. I'd never want to be in a place <laughs> like this ever again. And then uh, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm spending half of my adult life in. Afghanistan which is desert some some desert somewhere in the Middle East and I come home and I buy a house in Vegas and I'm like what the hell man (laughs) I thought I'd be out of the desert soon but no oh man yeah it's 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 nice though but uh yeah yeah Talk a little
1: bit about your transition into battle buddy you you come out of the military Mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. thinking about what you can be doing to be more impactful and you come up with battle buddy what what was the what was the genesis of of that thought and that sort of the what you Got were it. thinking about what that was going to be uh going going
2: forward yeah so uh this this would be about may june-ish 2016 and i was like okay let me let me take this whole thing a little bit more seriously so i picked up a bunch of different books like i was actually uh like on my way out processing um from qatar and and i picked up a couple of different books uh just at the airport There, just like reading about business and um I can give like a book list and recommendations later. I, I just remember like, okay, how do I actually do business the right way? So you know, I've heard about entrepreneurship, but like, what, is, what does real entrepreneurship really mean? And I, um, I went to UNLV University in Las Vegas and there was a, there's a business school here, Lee business school. And they had just opened up the Center for Entrepreneurship, Detroit Center for Entrepreneurship at Lee Business School. Lee Martin, he runs it. He's he's great. Um, and, he, and he was actually the first person I, I talked to, like, to get, like, professional advice of, like, hey, how do I do entrepreneurship? I got a couple ideas, but not really sure. You know, I'm pretty experienced. And I just walked in one day. i not, not even a student. I just walked in. Just like, hey, can I get an interview? It's summer. Um, fall semester hasn't started yet. And they're like, yeah, sure. Um. And then he directed me to you know, Steve Blank and some of his courses online and the Four Steps to the Epiphany, the, um, the Startup Owner's Manual. And I just started from there. It's like, okay, what's the first thing they should do? Like, get out your house, talk to your prospective customers, and see if there's a problem. So I was like, hmm, okay. Is there a problem of vets killing themselves? So, um, and just getting like nitty gritty details attacked. So then I walked into, Uh, a building uh, a couple days later uh, also on campus where the student veteran organization was uh, for for UNLV for a bunch of um, prior military students who are like looking to get back into upper education. And that's when I spoke with Ross, Ross Bryant. He's the current director of the SVO there. And I was like, Hey, sir, you know, I'm trying to figure out if there's a problem with you know, veteran suicides and, and, and how can we solve it? And basically I got like, maybe like a sentence and a half into it before he just like pulls me into his office. And he was like, Leo, let me tell you about these problems with veteran suicides. There was three last semester. This has been an ongoing problem. We need help and do something about it. And I'm like, oh, Roger that. Let me go build some shit. Like, let me go figure stuff out. Like, so it was like really quick and really accelerated to be like, okay, this is a fundamental problem. How, can we go about fixing it and um over the years i've learned now there's 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 three big keys or three big components that that is important to any sort of innovation and it's it's people processes and product so there's three things that we have to focus on and people usually want a a, a technology solution to a people problem especially something as societal as uh, self-killing or or mental health degradation and people are trying to build technology for it um but i still did the same thing of like you know customer discovery and asking the five whys of of why people choose to go down the path of of um suicide well it's you know they feel alone they don't feel appreciated they don't feel like they belong anywhere they don't feel like what they're doing is the right thing um they've forgotten that they've did, done important things like especially for people who have put on the uniform it's like you forgot that you were part of this organization that you know was a was contributing to a, a mission much larger than yourself and for some people who were even in too like they may not have felt that they were appreciated while they were in service so i was really focused on trying to find out these core problems and like now, you know, in the military, we call them capabilities gaps. But I was really trying to figure out what was missing and was was what I was feeling the same that other people were feeling? Were, were they feeling like, you know, they feel guilty or they feel like they couldn't talk to anybody about the things that they were doing? Um, you know, how do we address issues of people who have, you know, had had hyper compartmentalized job roles or you know uh uh, secret or top secret clearances or uh, top secret clearances with polygraphs like how do you get those people to you know come out of their shells to to talk and, and be social um even though you know like there's there's less it feels like there's less people that you can trust but in reality there's a lot more people who are very similar to you So this is like this continuing problem statement in my head of like, okay, these are like all of the things that we have to address. How do we do that? Um, Like the, like the practical issues that we had to address, like, here's how they feel and here's what they lead to. Like, here's what it leads to. And so I, you know, I volunteered, I started volunteering with the Nevada coalition for suicide prevention, the NCSP. Um, I became safe talk trained and assist trained and, and really like learned the process of like, why people did it and, and being a suicide interventionist and like really kind of exposed me to the variety of different reasons why people, not just, not just veterans or prior military, but boy, everybody considers suicide. And it's, it's really weird to say, but it's almost as if it wasn't like this huge, you know, culmination of events. Like I'm, I'm going to do it now. And like, I'm going to, you know, it's a very slow burn. It's like, Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, oh man, like, I, I just lost my job. I got fired. COVID-19 hit, and I was waiting on this on this check to come, and nothing's happening, and, you know, my, my, my spouse hates me or some shit. You know, like, my, my kids are not doing well in school. And you have, like, all of these things, like, ruminating, like, in your head that you're trying to get out. And it could be, you know, something as simple as, like, you know, you you dropped your pancake on the floor, like while you were cooking it and like, that could be it. Or, you know, like your tire blew out. Like it it could be something so minor that it's finally like the straw that breaks the camel's back. It it really is like that. Um, And when, 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 when you, when you start talking about it, it kind of just makes a lot more sense. You're like, Oh yeah. Like it's not this like huge, like, spontaneous outburst like a firework, like, oh I'm gonna kill myself and then they do it. It's more like Man, life sucks. Like what am I gonna do now? Um yeah. nah, whatever. I'm just gonna go kill myself. And it's like very like nonchalant almost. And a lot of other people when they are going through that phase, it's it's not like their it's not like they're they're like very loud about wanting right. to, to kill themselves it's very quiet it's very like you know subtle chilling in the background and you know they may may have been active before there might be a little bit more extrovert, and they suddenly just like start to be recluse or if you notice like your introvert friend an introvert friend is a little bit more private and is non-existent it's like oh crap like you know it's almost that whole like constant contact and, and vigilant is more important and it's you know, it's kind of up to those people who notice to, to, to intervene. And, and that's what safe talk teaches you is that is safe talk is suicide awareness for everyone. It's like, Hey, notice these, these changes in people and, and make sure you, you know, just stay in touch. So, mm-hmm. uh, so th- those yeah, are the things that they teach you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had, uh, my dad uh, committed suicide when I was young, uh, 16 mm-hmm. years old. And looking back, um, it was all the same signs and this was in 93. So this is before, you know, we had high speed internet and he lived Mm -hmm. at the end of a country road. And so there are all these variables in there that were just right for somebody with his background to do this stuff where he cut off, couldn't feel as though there was any, um, any light at the end of the tunnel. Couldn't see tomorrow beyond today. uh, All these things that lead up to it. I think the folk, the the thing that uh, underscores a lot of the, Um, a lot of the challenges that people with mental health deal with is that uh, you you touched on it and it's a really critical piece, but it's not having an outlet, right? Not having somebody to talk to and sort of get those feelings out. And, And also I think, and I said it earlier, but to contextualize their issues, right? I think some people, if they just felt like they weren't going through these things alone, it would lessen the burden. They would still yes. feel sad, of course. They would still be depressed, of course. Those are all clinical things, but the the issue, the underlying issue, is that feeling of going at it alone, or feeling as though they have to bur- feel burden of these yeah. really, really, really tough feelings, mm-hmm. and having to, to to bear them all alone. So yeah, it's yeah, all those things sort of, sort of culminate. So Battle Buddy was it is a solution for all of that.
2: Yeah. Hopefully like it, like, so yeah, like I, I, before, before I can't that. It, yeah. It's like the, you know, like, why do we do these types of podcasts? Or like, why do I like, you know, even just to talk to, to other, you, even like current active duty military or private service or, you know, those who are like, I, you know, we, we met before our Patriot bootcamp, for example, to get mentorship for veterans and male spouses. It's like, it's because they like it, it, the community is so small and like, you don't know who, could use that help and and it we we all know just how hard it is to be an entrepreneur already it's like trust us like there's people out there who who understand your plight um uh, like one and and i have to plug this just because it's really good i'm not connected to them anyway but the hard thing about hard things by ben horowitz great read and it like it helped me like get through those like really dark times too um Mm -hmm. and i don't remember if i told this story the last time but like the most um therapeutic part of like, like the most therapeutic thing to get through um like especially like the, the darkest times in my life like back like mid 2017 was actually a buddy of mine named dan who was staying on my place through airbnb because he was um uh doing some some uh uh, uh, doctoral schooling uh through the uh, through the uh, yellow ribbon program and he was becoming an occupational therapist and the doctor uh it like ot was one of his rotations that he had to learn uh, and he was a prior you know infantry guy 11 bravo uh deployed to iraq that type of stuff and he stayed in my place for three months and we were just shooting the shit like like talking about war about the past and like you know, what it's like to have a veteran beard and like being angry all the time, you know, like that whole, that whole process. And we were just like laughing and we were joking and talking about like, you know, people dying, like seeing your best friends die or, you know, seeing, um, you know, what your mental state like goes through and those emotions. And that was like the most therapeutic part. And I was like, okay, this is, this is what's really helping. Not, not like SSRIs or what butrin or like any sort of, um medication but just like the therapy portion like how do you get more people into the therapy how do you get mm-hmm. more people to just open up and talk to each other and and build that that trust so long story short that's what we tried to like harness with, within battle Body, within like the technology that we had and then um you know we committed one of the we twice we committed like the greatest sin in business which is running out of money so we we're like oh crap like now what do we do? Um, and I definitely had a lot to learn, you know, first time entrepreneur, like I need to learn about sales. I need to learn about marketing and less about the technology. I'm, I'm 100% confident in technology all the time. Yeah. So, um, we, we, instead of focusing on sales and marketing, which we, which is probably what we should still be doing right now, we actually doubled down on technology and instead, went for government contracts we went for uh the new agile acquisition contra- agile acquisitions contract vehicles that are popping up all over the place uh, which are great especially for small business entrepreneurs or those who already have commercial viability of their product and these are like the small business innovation research contracts through afworks or army futures command or naval x and really tapped into that ecosystem because The stuff that we were building was exactly what they were looking for, and and these weren't like innovations in the mental health space. Although, like Socom uh, Special Operations Command is now looking at it, and there's like events ongoing right now for suicide prevention, but it was more along the lines of the work that I was already doing in my previous line of work. You know, data center build out, supercomputing. Uh, wide area networking, like all of this type of stuff was already in my forte, in my back pocket, which I was just consulting for. And they were like, hey, can you build a better product for, you know, the National Security Agency? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's what I've been doing before. And that's when I roped in my, my, my co-founder at the time, uh, Bill Bill Davis. He was my co-founder with Battle Buddy. I was like, Bill, let's go build this tactical supercomputer because people want to buy it um, everybody from ai slash machine learning individuals and, and and industries to big search through big data collection through video gamers want to use our product and i was like I was like yeah that makes sense let's let's just do that so um i think in the, in the industry they'll call it like a pivot but it wasn't like a huge decision it was just like one based on the circumstance that oh, the the market is pulling us up now to build this instead of mm-hmm. building our other thing. So let's go build that thing first. And that way we can fund the suicide prevention technology initiatives, which mm-hmm. we're still doing now today.
1: Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We've been talking to Lita, Lito Villanueva. That's a mouthful, by the way. <laughs>
2: yeah. Just go <going> on <laughs>
1: Yeah, of, of Battle Buddy uh, on the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. We'll be right back after this short break.
0: CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio.
2: Today's episode of the Veteran Startups is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. For instance, media relations. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this. Press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Carmen and Josh sent you. And
1: we're back. Welcome back to the Veteran Founder Podcast right here on the Startup Radio Network. We're talking to Lito Villanueva of Battle Buddy. Lito, um, we were just talking about what Battle Buddy is. Mm -hmm. Since you've been on the show, it's been a bit. I want to know what you guys have done since then and and where you're headed uh, with the platform.
2: Yeah. So, like I mentioned, it's been really hard to find any sort of like external capital or or, uh, revenue. Early term revenue generation for mental health resiliency initiatives, or even you know preventative healthcare initiatives, and there it, it's due to a variety of different factors. Whether the market wasn't ready for our technology, whether we were building the wrong technology, or whether I just couldn't you know sell it yet because mm-hmm. I didn't um, you know prevent preventative healthcare wasn't our isn't my forte. It's always been in IT and, and network engineering, so uh we said you know let's let's shelve this for now like it's still an initiative we're still going to keep it alive we're still going to pay for the domain and and make sure we you know capture any sort of interest for anybody that goes to battlebuddy.me but let's let's sit on this for now until the market is ready for it and now i'll you know say may of last month uh you know softworks from usocom was like hey we're gonna run the suicide prevention event and i was like oh cool like they're they're talking about it now, and they're directing money to fueling an innovations and in technologies for suicide prevention. It's like that's great. Like, let's we can we can finally like you know blow the dust off of our technology and 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 finally push through the initiatives for Battle Buddy. In the meantime and what's been keeping us alive for so long was just the sheer amount of innovations that we still had for dual use commercial technology that can have defense related application. And so dual use, meaning, you know, there's a viable reason for a customer wanting it in the private sector, like, like I mentioned before, like we're, we're building these tough get tactical supercomputers for day-to-day operations for, for individuals like that. Need high powerful, uh, high high powered graphics processing units and the latest and greatest innovations for CPU by AMD, or just a really nice rig for playing Call of Duty really well. Most of the time, though, like we use it for you know COVID nineteen protein folding applications. We do search on it using some pretty crazy innovations that other. Uh, small companies that have also won government contracts are doing. So we're getting into a bunch of these different teaming arrangements to tackle some of these really large problems. And so the technology that we built for, uh, you know, Fifth Group Special Forces uh, in a hackathon last May uh, through the uh, Ensign Network, through the National Security Innovation Network, we kind of kept going with that and saying like, hey, there's this contract vehicle that the NSA is willing to pay us for if we build out a prototype data center for them. There's people who want new radios and, and cognitive radios. There's some individuals at Research Lab who want quantum communications networks or post-quantum secure communications. Um and we're just like, oh, cool. Like the stuff that we're already interested in, like remotely piloted drones. Like I have experience with working that. I've built those. In my past life, people want new, the latest and greatest innovations. They, will, they, as in the the, the U.S. government, wants mm-hmm. to try to tap into the commercial sector and accelerate that process instead of, you know, the the age-old statement of like if you try to go for government contracts, you're gonna die before you ever get the money. Like, the government realizes this, and they're trying to change that. So it's a slow change. You know, you're moving a really really big ship, but they're. Finally, like on the up and up, they're they're learning about venture capital. Uh, they, as in the senior leaders inside, you know, the Air Force or inside the Army, mm-hmm. uh, they're going. You know, AF Ventures is now a thing um, mm-hmm. through Shift.org. There's a lot of these different programs where they said, "Hey, Silicon Valley's been doing the right thing for a couple of years now. You know, harnessing the innovations out of laboratories in." Uh, like you know, your smartphone has 20 patents from the army. You know, to, like in, in like the Apple iPhone. Like there's there's 20 patents literally that came from Army Applications Lab and a bunch of other different laboratories. Like let's harness that same type of concept of utilizing these technologies, bring them into the public sector, um, commercialize it, commercialize it in the private sector, and benefit the entirety of the U.S. economy. So programs like fedtech.io, um, which is run by Jake, uh, Jake Kramer, who, who, you know, you know, those programs are on the up and up to help the young entrepreneurs find who are not like technically savvy, like here's some technology that's already going to be proven to work because they've already tested out in the lab. Don't try to commercialize yep. it. Just it that, that just makes sense, especially for a non-technical founder. Um, and that'll you know, hopefully, harness more of the economy, not just located in Silicon Valley or, or Boston or New York or or even Florida or Austin, just like all around the United States. You can just start drawing from that, and, and that's essentially the the current growth of the defense entrepreneurship ecosystem. And mm-hmm. we are a proud member of that.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's funny you mentioned FedTech. Um, I'll be joining their program in a couple weeks, so I'm really excited to, as a previous entrepreneur, get kind of back into building cool companies. I hadn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last time I built a company was a uh, three years ago, and uh, I have always felt eager to to get back to it. So I'm excited to. You, you mentioned the program's pretty cool. I'm excited to try it out. So
2: yeah.
1: Uh, hopefully, hopefully, as we get closer to the end of this program, I'll I'll have a lot more to share with this audience, but. Um, with Battle Buddy, what's that intersection between these these different organizations, like HalfWorks and um, all the uh, you know Softworks and all these other Army Futures Command? What is the what is the intersection between Battle Buddy and these and these organizations, and where does Battle Buddy fit in the ecosystem?
2: Well, the the way that we're looking at this from like a like a high level strategic view is deliver. All of the latest and greatest technologies that they think they want, like multi-domain operations, and C4 ISR, human machine teaming, um, digital twins with augmented reality and, and and virtual reality pilot training. It's like, okay, cool, here we we're gonna deliver all of that to you. That's fine. Like here's our platform for it. Here's all of our teaming arrangements with other server companies. Like we've delivered, here's what we've executed. Please let us also use our platform underneath it all to run our suicide prevention technology so that we can run and create this network in between all of these branches and in between all of these technologies, because you're all wanting the same thing. Anyway, you want better training. You want better recruiting. You want better um, MWR for, for all of your troops. You want your people to feel appreciated and valued and reduce the turnover in the military. Like you want all of these things all across the board Let's let's give you the upfront, hey, you want some radios, we'll deliver your radios. Underneath it all, there's like a side channel so that you can go talk to your chaplain. You know, when you're deployed to Afghanistan, you'd be like, hey, like, life sucks here. Like, how's it going? How's everything going over there? And and so, kind of like the conversations that we have right now um, with, you know, the, the, a variety of different applications that I own where I just keep in constant contact with a bunch of different people who are either overseas or at work or stress and just, you know, you kind of notice those signs, whether I'm on discord or just, you know, iMessage or signal or uh, WhatsApp, like just coalescing all of that into one platform where I can do my job a little bit more effectively. And when I'm asleep, maybe just have somebody either take over, whether that's a human or whether that's, you know, a, a pseudo human, um, I I think that's what we're trying to go with this. We don't know yet because there are still some fundamental problems that we're trying to address, like how to keep contact with somebody who is suicidal and would rather have their phones die or let their plants die or let their technology die. Um, And how do we keep in touch with them before they lead to a, a downward spiral. Like there's, there's all these different problems, and you know, just it's still a big undertaking. Like I, 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 consider like you know, preventative healthcare, same thing as like uh, predictive analytics, where like predictive analytics is a multi-billion-dollar entity and a market segment that they use for financial transactions, and they still can't predict whether the stock market's going to go up, down, left, or right. Maybe it's a lot easier to detect um and and recognize the signs and symptoms using a machine for a lot of these uh, you know suicidal uh, uh, markers or instead of spending all that money to build a technology that may not work how about you just train more humans to recognize the signs and symptoms because I, i believe in human intelligence over artificial intelligence it's just a personal statement yeah um you're a lot easy it's a lot easier for another person to be like huh i haven't heard from that guy in a while and you know he was going through some hard stuff last we talk i'm gonna go check up on them make sure they're okay like that is more therapeutic or or more beneficial than saying you know i'm gonna spend the next four and a half to six years and raise a hundred million dollars to build this very specific niche ai machine learning platform which is just data data collection aggregate to build this sort of technology, and now you're trying to do that same thing of building a technology solution for a people problem. And it might just be better to train more people and then augment those people with better technology.
1: Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. So, with this current engagement, how mm-hmm. is Battle Buddy engaging? transitioning community because we have more than 200,000 people transition out of the military every year yes. to become vet- our next generation of veterans. What is Battle Buddy doing to catch those that are transitioning out so that they understand that there's a, a network for them, that there's a mm-hmm. way for them to to get help, to get access to resources? Um, talk a little bit about that piece.
2: Yeah, I, I'll tell you, you know, like, it's still very blurry. Like, I, I still don't even know what the answer to that question is. Like, how do we even, like, execute and scale? The, mm-hmm. the initial assumptions that we have is just, like, start at one place. You know, start start somewhere that's convenient. And what's convenient to us, again, is, like, I live a minute away from Nellis Air Force Base. And people transition out of there, out of the Air Force, uh, all the time. And connecting Nellis to UNLV, which has a great student veteran organization, or through, like, um, you know, even like the Cosmopolitan, like the casinos, they have a great veteran program. Goodwill has a great uh, hiring program. I'm one of the chapter leaders for Vets in Tech and helping vets learn how to code if they want to go into software development. So it's really just like being plugged into the network and, and city council here, like uh, Las Vegas City Council also has a suicide prevention roundtable. And we're connected to them as well. It's just, you know, so hopefully like growing it organically growing it locally and saying like hey here's resources available for you here's the training that you can take as you know like we placed you at this job or we we gave you all this free education can you go also take this safe talk course for us it's only four hours or you know take the next step and become uh, a suicide interventionist and be assist trained it's only two days of training and so that's like kind of like our idea is that you can help uh, the industry just by going through a couple of days of training and, and giving back uh, in, in that manner. Data Buddy is still, you know, all the all the organizations I talked to, they still know about Data Buddy and, and what we're doing. Um, we're we, we actually created this uh, proposal for uh, for Afworks for a deployment lifecycle app, and and the and the, and the idea um, for the, for the battle buddy deployment app was that, um, transitioning, uh, transitioning to deployed life is really hard for, for airmen who have families. Like, um, the quote that I got from my colonel was, uh, you know, deployment was really easy when I was single, but when I had a family it became really, really hard. So Mm. you have to, you know, get the family ready. Like when you're going through pre-deployment, like you have to get not just yourself ready and get your gear, but also get the family ready. To, you know, be gone like you know, get your will signed, get financial access, get your power of attorney, like all of this stuff that needs to be done. If you don't know, get your homestead, um, automate your bill payments, like all of these like logistical steps, and we can start you going through like Airman Family Readiness Center on base. Like, hey, here's this program that I think would really help out for people with, with, with Airmen with families. You know, maybe just a just a quick checklist, and then when you're deployed the idea then is like the, the application would change from uh, like a pre-deployment checklist to like a way to talk to your chaplain securely or a way to talk to your senior leadership securely and just ride the existing uh unclassified military networks and that way you can also talk to you know your wife and kids over skype mm-hmm. or something securely because you don't need um you don't need like a specific application what we're trying to say is you almost just need a vpn um that can still be secured over a long long distance like a a question that could be a really great way to summarize this is like how do you get internet in the middle of afghanistan and so you know that's a problem that we've already solved um and it's currently being unused like these networks are unused just like use them for a better purpose and Mm -hmm. Um, instead of like losing it you know like it's <laughs> use or lose and then when you're back home which is a part of the deployment cycle people don't talk about the reintegration which is where like all of these problems kind of kind of like stem from is like all right guys you know um uh, dad's back and mm-hmm. you're like oh okay cool uh what do you want to do because we were doing fine without you for the last six months and you're like yeah. huh what like yeah. i you know, so like, actually, like it's the reintegration so is really hard. It's so uh, hard, yeah. It's you're like, oh shit. Like the family's kind of moved on without me. Like, where do I belong? So, okay. Well, how about you just have like a checklist, also, also like a post checklist for your R and R, where it's like, okay, yeah, here's all of the chores that that needs to do, but here's also all of the stuff that we used to do. Like, here's the routines for date night, movie night, and, you know getting back into the household and and like saying like hey look you know jimmy needs to learn how to drive want to go teach him's like you know what actually I will it's it's been a while like oh cool and sarah's building a new computer you want to help him out like we can go watch youtube together and and figure this out so like those are the types of things that uh are i i think are lacking which people really haven't thought of and, and that's what we're trying to uh to address now so that's our current like way forward um and we just put in that submission that proposal like a week ago so we don't know yet but hopefully get some traction
1: yeah no it's, that's really cool what do you hope battle buddy becomes in the next five to five to six years
2: i hope battle buddy becomes in, in the next five six years, i hope battle buddy becomes like that that either either the network or just a marker like an indicator that says like hey you're that's somebody that you can talk to and and you know you can talk openly and authentically with um without reprisal or a fear of reprisal or feel of stigma or fear of being fear of being judged and that you can you know just just uh, you know just i have been pretty crass but just like you shoot the shit just like talk about whatever and hopefully you'll have somebody that you can talk to um, with our platform or not, it really doesn't matter. We're we're gonna make the code open source anyway, but just a way to make that connection happen that currently doesn't happen. You know, I, I talk about this before. Is like, okay, what's well, like a really huge, strong indicator of what veterans are trying to do nowadays? Like, well, what vets are trying to do nowadays is wear a hat or like wear a pin or wear something, and on for for people who've never served, they they look at that and they're like, oh, like you know, they're trying to signify that they're veteran like you know worship me like oh like uh um give me my benefits like no it's not that what 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 really that is is signaling it's like wearing your um varsity t-shirt or wearing your um fraternity shirt it's like i'm trying to find out if there's anybody else here who's just like me so if you know you see like if you're a veteran you see somebody wearing the hat like Let's let's talk, you know, like, where'd you go? Where'd you serve da, 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 and just have a conversation and, and that's what they're really trying to do. It's not, you know, notice me for 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 all the cool things that I've done. It's um, I'm trying to find a friend. I'm trying to find somebody I could talk to. Um, but, you know, n- the new generation, you can say like the, the youth nowadays who are vets like you, you, you've seen me before. Like I'm pretty clean shaven. I have long hair. I don't wear any regalia. Like I, I stay pretty low key. And there's a lot of people that I know who, who, who like that. And, you know, there's for some people, like I've done business with them for years now. And I'm like, Oh, you never told me you served. And it's like, yeah. you know, like you'd, you'd, you'd be surprised. And, um, that's what we're trying to tap into is like, is like realizing that there's 18 to, to 20 million veterans in the United States, like, and, and, and having a way to talk, amongst each other would be a great way to, to hopefully feel like you belong somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, as we close out the show, I want to talk about resources. You talked about a couple of books you wanted to talk about, but I wanted to talk mm-hmm. resources. I'm sure there's some veterans, uh, listening to the show. Maybe perhaps some of them are really curious about how they can really unlock a network that they didn't have before. What are some resources that you've seen that have helped to, um, that have helped, uh, overall.
2: Sure. Uh, for, for veterans specifically, and, and I hearken on this uh, these programs because um, I only ever recommend stuff that I actually either, either am a part of or join or I really like. So if um, you're a transitioning veteran and you're not trying to start your own business, um, check out Operation Code. Um, operationcode.org. It's a, we have a Slack with like 7,000 members on it, and you know it, it's, it's to help you just Become a better programmer. Have some mentoring um, to get through uh, the transition into the tech side. There's also vets in tech. You know, just uh, an organization that I'm part of as well. That you know is, I think there's like 19 or 21 locations uh, around the United States now, and it's also transitioning into tech fields like not just programming, but like IT or cybersecurity. Uh, if you are trying to start a new venture. And you need some mentorship, or and like you're really just fresh. I, I would I would really really recommend checking out Patriot Bootcamp. Um, PBC has, has been a great org, and the mentors there are also you know tried and true. If if you're I, I almost want to say if you're already like in the weeds of wanting to be a tech entrepreneur, or just like need help formulating a team, FedTech.io. Again, those guys are great. They're they're based in DC. And if anything more, it's like, uh, even if you go through the cohort and you think like the technology may not go anywhere because it's still too young or still too fresh and the tech isn't ready yet, like the network that you'll gain is just, it is worth it to just even attempt to apply. It's like a, it's like a DC based Y Combinator, honestly. Um, and speaking of, there's also like startup school, which is, which has helped. There's tech stars, which, um, Conrad, you know, Conrad, we're, we're, we're good buddies. Yep um he's our advisor from from tech as, as now he's part of the growth team he used to run the air force accelerator great mm-hmm. resource um Techstars is um you know the boot camp for entrepreneurs and it's it's um you know if you want to get kicked in the face every single day uh, <laughs> until you get it right <laughs> i think you know that's, yeah. that's kind of what's going to happen anyway so you might as well be prepared for it now um, just tech stars have been a great resource, uh, as far as book recommendations, uh, the one that I read in 2016, which is really good. And again, I don't, don't have any affiliation to any of these, uh, how Google works was like how I wish I could empower my people to, you know, be that smart, creative and, you know, set up their environment, get out their way so that they can do what they need to. Um, the hard thing about hard things, if you're already going through the process of, getting kicked in the face every single day as an entrepreneur or a small business owner, like the hard thing about hard things has been, um, uh, a, a commensurating experience, commensurating experience where you can just be like, Oh man, like I'm glad somebody put this in a book so that I can cry in my bathtub along with these guys. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's really, um, it's really, uh, it's really one of those things that, that, that touches the soul. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you're none of these things and you just want the, a way to help, uh, check out safe talk, you know, suicide awareness for everyone and taking the next step further with assist applied suicide intervention skills training is training on how to intervene, you know, whether you're in, um, public works or you a case manager, or you're just an angel. Like it, it really helps. And it really works. It really does work. Out of any, out of all the programs that I've been through and with my own personal struggles, that's that's assist works, and, and I I fully support that. So those are the resources yeah. I recommend.
1: I will add one more book to that list, and that's a book by Simon Sinek called Start with Why. So I feel yes. like if you're going to start a business, you really need to understand why, the why behind it. Otherwise, you don't know the how or the what right? So yes, another one yes. I would add to that list. Uh, Lido, it's always great catching up with you, man. And I love talking to you. I feel like we could spend another hour just lamenting. Yes, sir. Uh, but this has been great. Uh, this hour went by so quick. Uh, so thank you so much for joining. Where can people find you? Uh,
2: you can find me on LinkedIn. Honestly, it's just, uh, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Lido dude. Like that's the best way to connect to me. I always respond to LinkedIn. Um, I think somebody said, like, if you're over the age of 25, you're probably on LinkedIn. If you're under age 25, you're on TikTok or Instagram. So yeah. I'm on LinkedIn, um, that I, I support that as well. And, and that's the easiest way to connect to me. Um, and once you do like my calendar is almost always open to just having a conversation for 15 minutes. So always willing to help.
1: Love it. Lido. thank you so much for, for joining us and, uh, look forward to chatting with you again soon.
2: Thanks, Josh. Thanks, everyone. You've yeah, great. Of course.
1: Uh, you've been listening to the Veteran Founder Podcast right here on the Startup Radio Network. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Listen, learn, get shit done.
0: See you guys next week. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com forward slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code StartupRuby. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross
2: revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.